All right, good morning. Glad to have you here this morning. Um, I just, before we jump into today's message, I want to just remind you that there's an election coming up. In every election, I try to remind you that, you know, as a follower of Jesus Christ, as a citizen of this country, we have the great privilege of taking part in elections, and it's one of the ways that we can um, influence our country. And so, uh, Make sure you take part of it. Now, I know what you're thinking. Well, maybe. If you were like me, I was thinking, but what, what, what's, what's this election about? I mean, it's not president, it's not governor. I mean, what's going on? Well, um, there's a few things to vote for, but um, one of the categories is school board members. And so that's a really important thing for us to um, have a voice in. And so make sure you um, look into who your candidates are and then use your Holy Spirit guided conscience, conscience to, uh, to vote. And so make sure you do that. I voted this week. Yeah, I am just ahead of the game. So um, anyway, uh, make sure you do that. All right, we, um, we're going to talk about burnout today. And uh, some of you are going, oh, are you going to show a picture of me? I mean, like, I may be the poster child. I've had several people recommend maybe I just might want to show their post or their picture and say, okay, there you go. Now you're dismissed. Um, but uh, burnout is something that we're, uh, a lot of us have either been there or we know what the path looks like to get there. And, um, so we're going to, we're going to talk, we, we've been in this series called Peace of Mind. Uh, this is the last week of it, the week four. Um, man, we've had just some real uh, gifts of speakers the last few weeks from uh, Bill Colton, Tara Matson, Kristen Valerius. And uh, if, if you're joining us now in the last week of this, I really encourage you to go back and take in each one of them. I know some of these messages are, are such in which um, you're going to watch them over and over again in order to glean and remember some of the truths that you feel like God has for you. And so uh, take advantage of that. Um, today, we're looking at burnout. And so, I mean, um, sometimes we talk about burnout, we talk about depression, talk about these things. It's like, what, what's, you know, what specifically are they and what is the what differentiates them from one another? And so, according to the American Psychological Association Dictionary, Burnout is defined as physical, emotional, or mental exhaustion accompanied by decreased motivation, lowered performance, and negative attitude towards oneself and others. So there you go. There is the definition. And um, I have been in seasons where I have fully embraced that and um, have gone through seasons of burnout. And I can connect to um, what it's saying there. Now, um, burnout has a, a definite root cause. And you know that you're on a path towards burnout, you, you are feeling constant, um, uh, unrelenting stress, you're not taking breaks, you're powering through, and um, you're becoming exhausted, and uh, a lot of things are happening in you that you know are not healthy, and it may lead to seasons of depression. Um, and 
or you, you have all the signs of being depressed because you're burnt out and now depressed. Depression, however, is a bigger category than burnt out. Um, you can go through burnout and not fully be depressed, but you can be depressed and not know the cause. Okay, that's a distinguishing factor. Burning out, you know there's an external thing happening and you're living under it and you know you're on it and you either don't have the power or you choose not to get off of that path until you crash and there's just exhausted emotional, mental, uh, physical fatigue. Um, depression is you may not know the external cause you, or there may not be, it may be it's just internal and it's happened and it's confusing about why you're in this, this um, moment, this, this season of depression. And so that's, there's a little bit distinguishing um, factors regarding those two but things, but we're gonna talk about burnout specifically today. Now, um, one of the things that I think is unhealthy in our American mindset towards burnout is that we can almost wear it as a badge of honor. And um, we might not, you know, cognitively say, oh yeah, I burn out, aren't you proud of me? But there's some things internally that kind of drive us to it. And just think about this, like what, what, what is 99% of the time when people are asked this question, are asked, hey, how you doing? Their response 99% of the time is, is gonna be, hey, I'm doing great, so busy. So busy, man, it's just, it's just wild, but um, doing well. And behind that is kind of like, I'm important. I don't know if you know that or not, but a lot of people, in fact, maybe the world itself, is dependent upon me maximizing my gifts and abilities, getting things done, because if I don't stay on this treadmill and run full speed, um, people and things around me are gonna fall apart. And so we kind of have this undercurrent of um, in order to be of value, people need to know how busy I am doing important stuff. And may, they may not be able to real, you know, connect to it because my stuff's really important. And so we kind of have this underlying um, belief and we may not be fully connected to it, but you know, what's your answer? How you doing? How's life going? Oh, it's going. I'm doing well. Uh, busy, really busy. Like I'm going strong, going fast. And uh, and maybe part of thinking is even this. It, it's you know, um, I I may not even be able to maintain this pace, but I'm going for it because you know I would rather burn out than rust out. You ever hear that? You ever say that? You know, we're kind of missing the point there because burnout or rust out, you're out. Okay, that's, that's not good. That's not where you want to be. And even if you're on the path to burnout, before you're even a fully officially burnout, you may be recognizing that I'm getting more and more tired. I'm getting more and more irritable. Um, I don't think I am right now the person God created me to be. Uh, even doing simple tasks are becoming more difficult for me because I just don't have any motivation to do them. 
uh, making decisions. Maybe you, you know, you've been a good decision maker, a quick decision maker. It, it's, you know, decisions in life are easy, and all of a sudden you're in a season where they're, they're not easy. Things aren't as clear anymore. And I, I'm just tired of these decisions. Maybe there's things in your life that typically, man, you are passionate about, or people you love to be with. And right now, it's just, I don't want to be with any of those people. Things that used to be life-giving to you, you just have no energy for anymore. That can all be signs that, man, you have either entered burnout or you're on your way. You may be in a point where just the pain of the pressure that is unrelenting in your life has led you to self-medicate. I mean, you're drinking more, you're eating more, you're shopping more, some way just to try to escape from the pain and the pressure. It may be that you find yourself doing things that you know are not healthy for you, but you're just doing them just because you're trying to feel something. As we walk through those things, those are things that I can connect to. And, uh, and maybe you can connect to. And those are signs um, of burnout. Now, I, I've told you before, and, and referring to again today, that several years ago, I hit the wall. I, I was running at a, a speed um, that was not healthy, and I ignored my limitations. Do you know that we have limitations? Even God built us. We were built with limitations. I can't be at several places at the same time. I just, I just can't. There's limits. I mean, I can only run so fast and for so long. I, I have limits. And um, we oftentimes like to ignore those in our lives. And there's a price to pay when we ignore those limitations in our lives and we um, allow our boundaries to go down and we live at an unhealthy pace for how God has created us. I mean, humanity has been built with limits. You are human. Therefore, we have, you have limitations. And we need to pay attention to those things in our life or we can risk burnout. And burnout is where you're empty. It's, uh, I, I've got nothing left. My tank is empty. I am fully depleted. I am incapable of um, getting myself to a place of health in my current state. And um, so we're going to talk about the fact that we can refill our tank if we listen to godly wisdom. Okay? And so we're going to look at what that looks like. Um, maybe you're on the way to burnout. Well, you need to refill your tank. We need to ref constantly be refilling our tank in order to not get to burnout or to get out of burnout. All right. And so we're going to look at um, we're going to look at Elijah. So if you have your Bibles, First Kings chapter 19, uh, Elijah is a poster child of burnout, um, and we're going to look at kind of uh, what he went through. And the wisdom God gave him uh, about how do you get out of this? How, how do you refill your tank? 
And so Elijah, if you don't know who he is, he's a, a person in the Old Testament, he's called a prophet, and he, he was just kind of like a spiritual stud, okay? I mean, I just the things that he put up with, he was the voice of God um, to an evil king. King Ahab, who was king of um, Israel, Elijah was speaking truth, trying to get him to realize, hey, there is a God, and he has asked you to follow him, and he wants his people to follow him, and you actually right now are leading the people to um, a destructive path of not recognizing God and making up your own gods, and this is not gonna be good for them or you, and so, uh, so Elijah is used by God to say, hey, you're, you're messing up, and God's gonna hold you responsible, and it's gonna impact your whole kingdom, and God is gonna bring a, uh, a drought that's robbing you of precious rain that will provide food for your people, and it's all because um, you are just ignoring God. And so Ahab says, okay, um, I want you dead, Elijah, and so I'm sending my troops, my special forces down to hunt you down and to kill you because I don't like what you're telling me. And so Elijah constantly sees the provision of God in avoiding um, these people from killing him and to live in a way that's honoring to God and God's providing for him and he's, and he's hearing from God and he's being guided by God. I mean, one time God works through him and he, and he raises from the dead a little boy. I mean, pretty powerful. It's like, oh God, you are real. You, you can do things that, the, that are extraordinary because you're God. And so I trust in you. And so he's over and over and over again in the midst of stress, external stressors, he is um, choosing to trust God. And then kind of a, the climax is, is um, Ahab is leading his nation towards Baal worship. Baal worship is gross, it's disgusting, it is uh, so offensive to God for a number of reasons. But so Elijah says, hey, let, let's prove which God's right. Is, is God Baal or is he Yahweh, the, the God that I put my trust in? So let's see which one responds to us. And so 850 prophets of Baal versus Elijah on Mount Carmel in Israel have a showdown and um, and they for a whole day are calling on to Baal to do a miraculous sign in the midst of them to, to prove that Baal is alive and real and, and Baal isn't alive and isn't real and so nothing happens. And then Elijah gets up, put, puts a sacrifice on the altar. He says, hey, why don't you all you people pour a bunch of water on this and we'll drown the sacrifice, make it impossible to light. And then I will call down fire from heaven and see if my God exists. And he does so, and God does, and consumes basically this altar that has become a pool, and consumes it, it's a miraculous event. Um, and on the heels of that mountaintop miraculous event where God works, um, Ahab's wife comes to him, and her name is Jezebel, and it only makes them more upset at Elijah, they're, they're missing the point. And Jezebel says, King Ahab, you, you are one pathetic loser that this guy is still alive and taunting us. And so I'm taking over the special forces and by this time tomorrow, he'll be dead. And I'm putting word out throughout the land that they know that um, Elijah is gonna die by this time tomorrow. 
Elijah gets that word. What does he do? After everything he's been through, what does he do? Uh, Verse 3, then Elijah was afraid, and he arose and he ran for his life. And he came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and he left his servant there. But he himself went another day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he asked what he might, he asked that he might die, saying, it is enough. Now, O Lord, take my life, for I am no better than any of my fathers. And he's saying, you know, you've used a lot of people um, before me to lead God's people. And I thought, This might be a breakthrough moment of you using me, and yet here we are, and uh, and I'm done. I've been handling it, handling it, handling it, handling it, and now there's one too many things, and I'm broken. I'm I'm falling apart. Uh, Man, I think it would just be best if you took me home and give me some relief. And so that's his thought. So here's a couple thoughts I have for you as we look through Elijah's life regarding how do we refill, okay? So ideas to help avoid or refill. Slow down and build healthy rhythms, okay? So what did Elijah do? He was afraid and he rose and he ran for his life and he came to Beersheba. Now, you go, that's just, I don't, that place means nothing to me. He ran someplace. He went from one town to the next town. He went from, he went from Mount Carmel to Jezreel and Jezreel to Beersheba. Okay, that's his, that's his course right there. Um, that's 100 miles. It's over 100 miles. And so under pressure, when you're just under constant pressure, what do we typically do? We work harder. I gotta work harder. I gotta get myself out of this. I, I, gotta, I gotta go faster. And that was Elijah's mindset. And what did it result in? him crashing, him breaking, him completely burning out. You see, a couple weeks ago, I was in Boston, uh, not running the marathon, but I watched. Um, I didn't run it this year. And, uh, (laughs) uh, you know, it's crazy. It was was just amazing, 26.2 miles. Here, he, he ran over 100 miles. It doesn't mean he ran nonstop, but... He was panicking on the move. I, get a, I gotta get away from danger. And he burned out. And then it says he got to Beersheba and um, he left his, his servant behind and he went another day's journey. And then he burned out. What do we do under stress? Work harder. Move faster. What happens to us as a result? Burnout. Burnout. We, we need... Um, Here's the reality. When we're burning out, we are not effective. When we're burning out, we're not, we're not making as good of decisions as we could have made. We, we're not working as effectively at our job. We're not being um, as, as good, attentive parents or spouses. We're doing everything worse. Have you ever, I mean, if you're on the verge of burnout, has anybody said to you, hey, you, you know, why are you so irritable lately? And you say, I'm not irritable. You know, I mean, it, it's... People notice things that we don't because we just think, hey, I'm, I am under pressure. I have the weight of the world on me. I, I'm going to make it through this. I, I just got to work harder, put my no, you know, nose to the grindstone. I'm going to get this done, and then we'll be at a better place. So just back off right now. 
And people see what, what you're doing to yourself and, and we don't. And so we gotta do one of the hardest things that we have to do in life and that's slow down. Slow down and build healthy rhythms to our life because we know the ultimate consequence of that is that we will be working and living and in relationships from a healthier place. And that's good for all. But in order to do that, you gotta do something that's really hard for us to do and that's say no. I'm not gonna do all this. Tomorrow morning I'll wake up and I'll have about 50 things on my plate that I think are important and I'm only gonna be able to do five of them. That means I gotta say no to 45 things. And they're not things like, go rob a bank today. You know, no, that's not, that's not in the 50. It's like, uh, good things. And so my decisions are gonna be, what are all the good things I'm not gonna do? Because I need to do the best things. And so what's God telling us? God's telling us, slow down, you're gonna burn yourself out. Slow down, build healthy rhythms in our life. And you know, what, what, what's the biggest battle in our mind to slow down are self-imposed expectations. I need to be this. I need to accomplish this in order to feel good about myself. I need to um, get these things done in order to provide for my family. I need um, to not disappoint people. It's gonna be a battle for your mind. Your mind is going to be telling yourself lies. And uh, we need to listen to wisdom. And God says, I built you. Here are some truths about you. You need to have a healthy rhythm to life. And so what, is, what does that look like? Um, verse five. And Elijah laid down and slept under a broom tree, totally exhausted. And behold, an angel touched him. So God sent an angel to Elijah in his darkest moment of wanting his life to be over with. And the angel said, hey, you just need God. No, didn't say that. Angel said to him, arise and eat. Arise and eat. You see, sometimes we mess ourselves up by thinking, okay, I'm a, I'm a believer, I'm a follower of Jesus, and uh, so I just have God. I have God, I can do anything. I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. And when we do that, we are totally misusing a verse, and we're misrepresenting God, because that verse comes to us from Paul, who's saying, you know, with all the things in life and the things I think I might need in order to be happy and fulfilled and the person God wants me to be, I, you know, I actually have learned to trust in what God gives me. And I've learned to be content. And that's the context of that. It is not a verse to approve of us being dumb. It's not a verse that says, I can just keep on going and keep on going and keep on going because I have God. And he's just gonna keep me going. You know, one of the things I learned in my journey is um, I can do all things in Christ does not mean that I can still, I can keep being a fool and God will cover for me. Now, God's gonna allow me to taste the consequences of my foolishness. 
Sometimes he miraculously saves us from those things. But more often than that, he wants us to grow. And uh, sometimes growing is painful. And so I can do all things in Christ. Well, that means um, I'm aware that Christ has wisdom for me. And his wisdom, if I believe in God, is something that I need to trust and obey. And not ignore and trying to convince myself that, no, I'm doing these important things for God. You know, as a pastor, I justified not taking a day off, not taking a Sabbath. I mean, the idea of a Sabbath, that, that's in God's top 10, his 10 commandments. Take a day of rest. Take a day to uh, um, get refilled. What does that day need to look like for you? Being refilled. And I was convincing myself that, you know what, um, there are so many things going on, there are so many crises, there are so many things that can go bad in God's church. And so I need to, he's asked me to help lead God's church, I need to take care of his church. And so when I was home on my day off, I think, you know, I, I, I can never study enough for Sunday. And so I'd study on, on my days off. And I didn't disconnect. And eventually... I disconnected because I went into burnout. And I went to a counselor and I paid him $160 an hour to tell me things I knew were true, but I weren't listening to. And I left there sometimes going, did I need to pay somebody 160 bucks to tell me that? And then I thought, yeah, I guess I did. Because I wasn't listening to it. And we need to slow down and get healthy life rhythms. And man, God sent an angel to give Elijah practical counsel. Hey, eat some food and drink some water. Hydrate. Get some rest. Take care of yourself. I mean, that was the wisdom from God. He also um, corrects lies. Man, I, you know, what, lead, what leads us to a workaholic mentality where we do not rest, we do not build healthy rhythms in our life that we know where we should and God tells us to, is because we're believing lies about God. We're trusting our wisdom, our, our wisdom over God's wisdom, okay? And that means my wisdom is actually foolishness. And so we need to correct lies. What's driving us? Man, so many people are dependent upon me. If, if, my, if I'm gonna be able to provide for my family the way that I want, I'm gonna have to do this. I'm just gonna have to give my all. You know, I'm a pastor of the church, and um, you know, I, I'll be able to sleep better at night. This is, here's one of my lies. I'll be able to sleep better at night know that I, know that I, knowing that I gave my all to God and his church. And I was burning myself out. And you know the result of that mentality was I didn't sleep at night. I need to work this hard, I need to do so much, I need to do this so I can sleep good at night. No, I didn't sleep. Because I, my mind was just, was just wouldn't stop. And I was a fool on a treadmill that I convinced was honorable to God that was actually violating the truth of God from my life. 
Take a Sabbath, Bill. Slow down. Build healthy rhythms in your life. Because right now you're not healthy. And I mean, how about vacation time? Do you use your vacation time? Use your PTO? At the end of the year, do you feel like, <laughs> I only used half. That's how committed I am to my job. That, that's, that's dumb. It's dumb. Take your, take your PTO. Well, I can't afford it. Well, just do cheap things. Take it. Do staycation. And do something that's going to disconnect you from the nor normal rat race of life. You know, I've told you this before, um, but battling my false guilt, I mean, and, and that's what's going to happen. You take time off, you take Sabbath, you're an achiever, workaholic, you are going, your, your brain's going to beat you up. Your brain is going to bully your body and tell you that you shouldn't be slowing down. Man, you are lazy. Other people are dependent upon you and you are taking time off. You're going on vacation. And, uh, and the answer to that is yes, because I actually care about my responsibilities. I care about the relationships God's placed me in, in my life. And I want to give my best to those things. And so I need to practice a rhythm of a Sabbath in my life. I need to disconnect. I mean, it was so bad for me that on my days off, when my counselor's going, Bill, you need to wake up to the fact you gotta take days off. You gotta disconnect from your responsibilities with, with here. And uh, so how are you gonna do that? It's like, well, I gotta get away from home. I mean, once a week, I gotta be out of my house because I'm, I've already proven that I won't stop working if I'm home. And so I gotta break this cycle. And so I gotta be out of my house on my Sabbath and I have got to be disconnected from my phone. So I got to be out of cell coverage. Because I'll cheat. And uh, so I've told you that I, I, I took up fishing, fly fishing in the winter. <laughs> Here's a picture. This is a picture. This is one February morning in the middle of my burnout where I'm trying to refill. And I'm in the coast range, fly fishing for steelhead, which later I found out is the most difficult thing to catch on a fly rod. And, uh, and I know, because I never caught one. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm taking this picture from the water in February. It's 25 degrees. I have no cell coverage. I'm totally disconnected. I'm in the beauty of God's creation. I'm learning to fly fish, and I'm talking to God, and I'm being refilled. And that picture means a lot. So what are you hearing from God? You know, this is a journey, that's part of my journey, and yet God says, man, it's part of all of our journey if we're not wise in listening to him. He's built rhythms of life for us. He says, I created you. I know how you'll thrive. Will you trust him? And so do less, trust God more, build healthy rhythms.
What do you need? You know, one of the things that my counselor taught me is he, he says, okay, um, your job is uh, you're in your head all the time. I mean, you sit and you think. You sit and you listen. You sit and you, prof- you solve problems. But um, it's mental. So, you know, what you might think about your Sabbath is you need to do something physical. Get your body moving. Do something that's different. So you disconnect from the normal rhythm of life to have a rest. And so rest your brain and do something physical. And that's why I started doing that. It, maybe your job is physical. I mean, you're wiped out. You are working hard. You work at a daycare. Or you are a daycare because you're a full-time parent at home watching your kids. Or you're in construction or whatever, but your, your job's physical. Well, on your, on your Sabbath, your break, you may need to um, have adult conversations. <laughs> you may need to do something stimulating to your head, read books, uh, be in a Bible study, just engage your mind. Now, some of you, um, right now, your anger towards me is growing because you're saying, I, I, I've got young kids, and you're talking Sabbath. Um, I just want to smack you upside the head right now. <laughs> and uh, so let me challenge, challenge you with this. Um, don't go for a Sabbath day. That might just be totally unrealistic. Um, but can you plan for a Sabbath three hours? Three hours a week? Maybe you talk to some of your friends who are... Um, also in the same place you are, and it's like once a week, I will watch your kids for three hours. If on a different day of that week, you watch mine for three. And then just ask God this, uh, God, what's the condition of my soul? What do I need? You know, I I still try to ask myself that um, on Sabbaths. God, what's my condition, what's the condition of my soul? And I, I do this. I sit in the same place. Um, and I just, just take a deep breath, let it out maybe a few times. And I try to just get connected to the moment. And uh, say, God, just talk to me. What's the condition of my soul? And I want to listen to him. And I want to know. It's like, what would be best? on my Sabbath, and it's different times. I mean, once I, I established this rhythm in my life, um, one of the things that I really wanted to do more, and this is, this is a sad truth, but I wanted to be with my wife on my day off. And, uh, and up to that point, I didn't want to be with anybody. And so once I started establishing some rest, um, then it's like, okay, we started having date days on my day off because I wanted the, one of the people that refilled me was my wife. Um, then I started doing fun things with friends and but I kept on asking, God, what do I need? What's the condition of my soul? And, and I would do different things depending upon the answer to that. But what is God 
um, talking to you. What's he talking to you about? Verse, um, here, and another thought is to help you avoid burnout or refill from burnout is to be honest with trusted friends. Verse three, it, it, there's a little phrase in there that is worth pointing out and grabbing onto. It says, he was afraid and he ran. He went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and he left his servant there. And we think a servant like last night is just his go-to. That's the person that he hired basically as an employee to be with him through life. And it was probably his best friend. And he runs, and he's panicked, and he's shutting out one of the people that's most important to him, that he's closest to. And he says, just leave me alone, leave you behind, you stay here, and he keeps going. Don't isolate yourself. Bring trusted friends into your journey. And let me tell you, if you're a follower of Jesus, then you need trusted friends who know what it's like to follow Jesus. If that is the most important relationship in your life, then you need people who are giving you counsel that understand that relationship. And sometimes our friends, you know, it's like, hey, I got the same, same friends from college and we all act kind of the same. And so when I break away, I go and I drink too much with my buddies. But I'm breaking away. No, 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 you're medicating. That, that, that's, it's, so maybe God's telling you, is you, got, you gotta get some new friends. Not that you say no to them, but you say yes to people who are gonna help you in your journey. You know, one of the friends may be a counselor. Somebody that, you know, is a objective third person who has some training to help discern what's going on. You know, I, I, I'm at a good place in my life. I'm not burnt out. I have healthier rhythms that have been established as a result of a lot of pain. So I think I'm doing good. And yet I'm in, I'm in kind of entering a season of life, as you know, that where I'm feeling led that, God, we need to pass the baton of leadership. And so we've gotten help. We've got some consultants who are working with us to do this well. That's my, I just want to do this so well. And yet the consultants have told me, Bill, this is going to be one of the painful really painful time of your life. And I'm going, nah, I feel like God's leading me. Yeah, it's gonna be painful. You're gonna grieve loss. It's gonna be, you know, and some of you have gone through transitions where you've left occupations, left friends, you've, you've done different things. And you know, those are, those are painful times. And I wanna go on this, and I wanna feel all of it. Not because I'm morbid, but because I wanna be engaged. And I wanna end well, and I wanna do this well. And I know there's gonna be things I'm gonna grieve that I'm gonna miss, but I also know there's things that I can't wait not to carry that load anymore. And I wanna feel all of it. And so I'm going to counseling. Um, not because I'm not healthy, but because I'm healthy, and I wanna stay healthy. And I'm going into a season I know it's gonna be tough, and so I, I want somebody to speak truth to my blind spots. And so, you know, as I said a few weeks ago, you know, sometimes in our mind we got a stigma with going to counseling, Counseling means I'm weak. No, counseling means you're wise. Okay, and so um, get good godly counsel from close friends, or maybe one, you, one of your close friends needs to become a, you know, needs to be a counselor you don't know yet. And if that's something God's telling you today, I also want you to know, be ready to not get in quickly. 
There's a real demand on counselors. It took me about six months, okay? And it's because the counselor I've worked with in the past tried to get me in, couldn't, and he's actually retiring. And so I had to get in with somebody new, and it took me a while. All right, so don't be discouraged by that. But uh, man, share your life with trusted friends and uh, let them in what's going on in your life. And if you do not have good Christian friends, then getting a men's Bible study, women's Bible study here, community group here, start meeting people, people, and you're, you're gonna like click, or it's like, oh, I kinda like that person, go to coffee, build a friendship, okay? And you need good, you need good Christian friends in your life that you can share life with. Okay, last thing. Ideas to help avoid or refill is to listen to God and, truth, and trust his truths. Okay, the genius is not in learning new truths from God that are, wow, mind-blowing. The genius is in trusting him. That's the genius. It's saying, God, you have wisdom I don't have. You made me. You know me. I'm going to trust you, even though everything inside of me is telling me to run faster. I'm going to trust you. Verse 11, and he said, this is God talking to Elijah, go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake, and after the earthquake, a fire. And the Lord was not in the fire, and after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. And God was in the whisper. And... Uh, what I think is telling us is God's voice is not in earth, wind, or fire. Um, shameless reference to 70s rock, sorry. Um, <laughs> but he's in the still, quiet voice. God's in the ordinary. You know, God's talking to you every day. God in the universe is talking to you. How do I know that? It's because he takes initiative. He takes initiative and he talks to us because he loves us. And he talks to us in the ordinary. He's talking to you while you're doing the dishes, or you're changing a diaper, or you're paying bills, or you're listening to a coworker who really irritates you. God, God's talking to you. God came to Elijah when Elijah was down, at his lowest point, and he came to Elijah in a whisper. Why does God whisper? because he's always close. Sometimes we feel very distant from God. That's not God, that's us. God's pursuing you and he's talking to you because he loves you. Are you listening to God? God gave Elijah what he needed. He corrected lies. Elijah felt like I'm all alone. My life is a waste. All the work that I've done is a total waste. It's had no impact. Nobody's believing you, God, like I believe you. Everybody else is believing Baal. And God said, no, that's not true. You see me be with you. Not only that, I'm gonna show you your predecessor or your successor, there you go, Elisha. And I'm gonna have you anoint him. You're gonna leave a legacy that's gonna be continued. And you know what? In this land right now, when you think there's nobody trusting God like me, 
There's thousands of people trusting me and are living on mission for me. You're not alone. God was correcting lies that were driving Elijah when Elijah could rest and trust God. What is God's message to you? God came to Elijah in his darkest moment, burnt out, and God came to him. Maybe just like God's coming to you today. Maybe today this message is for you. And what's he saying? Let me pray for you. Father, I pray for our church family. Um, many of whom are here today and they are on the path of burnout or in burnout. And they're struggling right now. I thank you that today you are initiating to them by coming to them, those who needed to hear. And you initiate because you love them. And Father, I pray for each person today that as they take what you've given them today, that they would trust you. And that by trusting you and taking steps in their life, maybe to say no, maybe to practice a real Sabbath, maybe to uh, pick up a phone today and call a counselor. Um, however you're guiding them as they trust you and your wisdom, God, may you bring healing. Would you bring them hope that even in this stress-filled world that there is a better day ahead as they follow you. Father, we love you, and we thank you for your continual pursuit. And it's in your son's name we pray, amen. Uh, we're we're going to have communion. And uh, what communion is, is Jesus asked us to do this in remembrance of him. And he's asked us to take this moment and remember his goodness. Um, his pursuit of us that led him to dying on a cross his body being broken, his blood being shed, so that he could take the brokenness of ourselves and the mistakes of ourselves and the just rebellion of us against God, and he can take that on himself and pay the price for that so that he can offer forgiveness to us. And so he said, you know, do this regularly, take communion regularly, and reconnect to the significance of what I've done for you. And today, in this moment, not only are we gonna connect to that, but we're gonna connect to the significance of how he loves us and he talks to us and he gives us truth. And so what truth has he given you today? And so get that settled in your mind and then come forward and take the bread and the cup, take it back to your chair and you can take it um, when you're ready to do so. And so let's, as we continue to worship, let's uh, take communion when you're ready. There's some in the back. I believe there's some up on the side someplace as well as down here up front.